Well, we do want to welcome you again. Um, I'm excited today, like I said in the beginning, that we are being led today by um, leaders from all three congregations. And so instead of having just one sermon today, um, three of our leaders, um, I'm Corey from Third Church, and then later you'll hear from Fakhri Yakub from East End Fellowship, and then later I'm from Christian Arabic Church, and then from Aaron Rose from East End Fellowship. And each of us are going to read a brief passage of Scripture uh, about Easter, about the resurrection, and then we're just going to share and reflect on it. And we're so grateful that we can all be connected together from all three churches. In fact, all over the world, that video uh, that you saw early in the service, different people saying Christ is risen, those were people um, not just from Third and East End and the Christian Arabic Church, but they were either also from even our friends in Egypt who are celebrating with us. And we know that we have people literally all over the world today, our friends and mission partners from all over the world connected together this morning. So how good it is that we can be celebrating uh, the good news of Jesus like this. So what I'm going to do is read first to you um, one of the gospel accounts about that first Easter. And this is from Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. So let's hear God's word. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified, but he has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Sisters and brothers, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So today is the day that we have been waiting for. It's the day that we've been anticipating. It's the day that we have been preparing for since the beginning of the year. Do you remember way back in December now when we lit our candles in the, the darkness of the fading fall in Advent, anticipating the birth of our Messiah? Do you remember that? And do you remember at Christmas when we celebrated the incarnation of God the Son who he entered into our world uh, in the baby? Do you remember that? And do you remember how in Epiphany we focused on the ministry of Jesus? We looked at the way that he walked among us, comforted the, 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 the broken, healed the sick, proclaimed the coming of his kingdom. Do you remember how at Ash Wednesday we gathered, many of us in this room, with ashes smeared on our foreheads, and we recalled our own sin and death and longed for that Savior. And you remember how in Lent we followed Jesus on his path to Jerusalem where he would suffer and eventually 
die a God-forsaken death for us. All of that, friends, all of that whole story that we have retold and that we have rehearsed again this year, all of that has been leading up to today. Today is the day we've been waiting for. Today is the Super Bowl of the Christian year. It's the World Series. It's the final act. It's the, it's the culmination of the story. This is what we have been preparing for. And nobody's here. <laughs> nobody's here. It's just an empty sanctuary. I wish that y'all could see this. Actually, I'm glad you don't see this because it's so depressing. Uh, it's so sad here in Easter morning, just a big old empty sanctuary. And it's not just our sanctuary, of course. It is every sanctuary. Tens of thousands of sanctuaries, sanctuaries, worship halls, cathedrals, all over the world, empty, echo chambers of silence, empty seats, on the biggest day of the Christian year. No epic worship services. No celebrations. No Easter egg hunts. No parties. No brunches with families and friends. Nothing but quiet. And there's a sadness to this. There's a, there's a real, I mean seriously, this feels really sad. Um, and, and I think that I don't want to gloss over that, and I don't want to just say, hey, let's put on a happy face, because everything's great. No, it's not great. Uh, this is sad. This is deeply um, disappointing, and to some of you, it's shattering, because maybe you're alone together. You're, maybe you're alone by yourself this morning in your own home, and you're separated from your family, and you're separated from your friends, and you're separated from those that you love, and you're, and you're um, not with the spiritual community that you love. There is a real grief and sorrow in this that we have to acknowledge and that it's okay to do. But here's what I want to say. This is what I noticed as I was rereading this gospel account from Mark this week. Perhaps there has been no other year that we have ever known, no other Easter that we have ever known that is more similar to what that first Easter was really like. Did you hear the story? Three women in the early morning make their way to the tomb. Only three women, because all the men were afraid. They were in hiding. So these three women make their way to the tomb that early morning of that first Sunday, that first Easter. Uh, and, and, and to be clear, they were not going to witness a resurrection. They were going to anoint a dead body. They were not going in their fancy Easter clothes. They were going in their clothes of mourning. They were not going with joy and, and anticipation. They were going heavy laden with sadness and fear and sorrow. And, and, and to their shock and their amazement when they got to the tomb, the stone was rolled away and they encounter a man in shining white sitting there and he tells them, don't be alarmed. Jesus, the one that has been crucified, the one that you've been looking for is no longer dead. He is alive, he's arisen. He's gone before you into Galilee. You can go and see him. And the women, instead of doing what the angel told them to do, are completely overwhelmed, completely befuddled and they, they flee from the tomb saying nothing to anyone because they were so afraid. And, you know, and some scholars think that this actually was not the original ending of Mark, that the original ending may have been lost, but actually I think there is not a more appropriate ending for us than this one. Because just think about it, that first Easter morning, 
Nothing really happened. It was just in the quiet little graveyard in a little corner of the world with no one but three women to witness the first resurrection. And even those three women were so afraid that they didn't say anything to anybody. That first Easter morning, no celebrations, no worship services, no parties, uh, no mega announcements, no ringing of bells. It was nothing but quiet. And the world almost missed it. And here's what I want to say, friends. Here's what I want to say is what a moment for us. What a moment for us to remember the real meaning of Easter. What a moment for us to, to recall what the significance of this day is really about. Look, friends, we don't make Easter happen. Our church services don't make Easter happen. Our crowded sanctuaries, our epic uh, music, uh, our ringing of bells, our parties, our celebrations, um, our moving dramas and videos, none of this stuff makes Easter happen. None of this is what Easter is actually about. It's fine. It's good that we do those things. We celebrate together. But friends, God is giving us a moment, stripping all that stuff away to make crystal clear to us that this and this alone is what Easter is about. That a man tried and executed by the Roman court, that this man in our space and time and in our history rose from the dead. That a man who proclaimed himself to be Messiah, King, Lord, and God, that this man, though executed, has risen from the dead, vindicating the truth of his identity. Friends, this is, if this is true, this is the most important the most consequential, the most world-changing truth, event in history and no plague or pandemic or war or catastrophe can undo what God has done. Jesus is risen, no matter what, in the quiet garden where no one but three women were there to witness it and they said nothing to anyone. Even still, Jesus is risen. In empty sanctuaries like this one where there is no one to sing and praise, Jesus is still risen. Throughout history and pandemics and plagues when people have huddled away in their homes or throughout the wars of history when blood has run in the streets, even in those times, Jesus is risen. In the abandoned places of the earth, in the deserts of the Sahara, in the cold wilderness places of the Arctic where not a single human lives to breathe a breath, there in those places, Jesus is risen. In house churches of China and other places in the closed world where people huddle away without sound systems or bulletins or bands, Jesus has risen. In the cathedrals of Europe and the mega churches of North America that now sit huge and empty like tombs in those places, Jesus has risen. In the streets of London and New York uh, and Hong Kong and, and Richmond, in our empty stadiums, uh, in our crowded hospitals and nursing homes and prisons, in these places, Jesus is risen. Friends, it is the unstoppable fact of history, and God does not need our celebrations to vindicate his victory. Jesus is risen. It is the simple and unstoppable fact of history. And as a deadly virus makes its way around the world, causing death and destruction and chaos in its wake, is it not clear more than ever that the resurrection is the hope of the world? Is it not more clear than ever that what we need most is not just more human optimism and more inspiration, 
that what we need is God to triumph over suffering and death. And this is what we celebrate this day. Easter is not a metaphor. It is not a symbol of renewal and rebirth. It is not an inspirational monument to human resilience over tragedy. That is not what Easter is. It is simply this. God has triumphed over sin and death. God has entered into suffering, entered into sin, entered into death, and even entered into hell itself, and he has burst out the other side, and he has triumphed, which means we are forgiven of sin, we are reconciled to God, we have hope for our world, and we have the promise that God is coming again to renew all things. All of this because Jesus is risen. So yes, today is the day we've been waiting for, but it is nothing like the day we planned, and we all wish that it were different, And we all wonder what is coming in the next days and weeks and months. And yet, Jesus is risen. And this is enough for us, for hope for today or for tomorrow. So here's what I want us to do right now. I want to do what the saints of God have always done in every time and place, through every circumstance and tragedy. We retell the story of our faith. We confess the truths of our faith. These truths do not depend on us confessing them. They are true whether or not we recite them. We are not confessing opinions. We are not musing on philosophical ideas. We are proclaiming the truth of what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do. And so let's proclaim the good news together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. And I invite you uh, to say these in your own language, um, whether uh, English or Arabic or, or Korean or Spanish. Uh, Let's say the words of, as we confess the good news of the gospel together. Christians, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.